The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Eric Franson, Andrzej Salveson. Hope you're having a great Tuesday. Utah State hoping that they have a good Tuesday. Struggling on the road this season. I miss 7 o'clock starts. (laughs) Here is the rest of the season game time starts. You ready? 9 o'clock start tonight on ESPNU. At San Diego State's at 8 o'clock Mountain Time. That's because 7 o'clock in San Diego. UNLV and Boise at home are 8 o'clock starts. At Colorado State at Fresno, 7.30 and 8. Wyoming and San Jose State are 7 and 9 p.m. And at New Mexico is an 8 o'clock start. Hope you enjoyed it, folks. How much of that changes with the new deal with oh, Fox lot. Sports oh, and CBS Sports? Oh, a lot. A lot. A lot, a lot, a lot. Yeah. I think I think you'll see earlier game time. I think you'll see more game day. Like, I guess uh, midday starts, I believe. I feel like you will uh, with this. I, I, I think it'll be great. I can't wait. Cannot wait for that. When does it kick in, by the way? This season? Next year. So not this upcoming football season? No, I think it is this upcoming football season. Is it really? Yeah. Next academic athletic season, I should say. Because there's a few games I could see being played midday. and, and Or games being played at 5. There is rumor... Uh, <laughs> shut up. We'll talk off air. I'm hearing rumor of something really good. Really, really good news for football. And for fans. We all, everybody gets fans. to play on blue turf? Yes, everybody gets to play on blue. And then what they're going to do is they're going to do orange turf. So they're going to do it by school colors. So navy blue. Red for Fresno. Red for Fresno. San Diego and New Mexico. Or black. What, you know, one's black. black. for UNLV. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, yeah, and then and then what they do is one of the plays have to have to be involved with mascots. The mascot has to play, be involved in at least one play. Mm. Intriguing. It's going to get wild, mm. to say the least. Really wild. Hey, uh, Utah State, Wyoming tonight. On ESPNU. Yep. Sister station KVNU. They'll be doing pregame coverage a full one hour starting at 8 o'clock tonight with Al Lewis and Jalen Moore. And as soon as the game is over, Al Lewis and uh, John Russell will take your phone calls, break it down. See how the Aggies do on the road. They've struggled. They've only had one true road win. They've had some neutral site games that they've played and that they've won. But they only have one true road win. This should be number two, and I don't mean to count my eggs before they hatch, but Eric, this team's 0-9 in Mount West Conference play. They haven't been close. In, in I mean, there's been a few close games. I know they took UNLV to overtime. Probably should have won that game and let it go. They're 5-16 and overall, though. Uh, I, I feel like Aggies, if they come in focus, should take care of business and be at, and, and this thing should be over by midway through the second half. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. I mean, they only have two guys that average double figures, led by Hunter Maldonado, guard, averaging about 17 points a game. Not too shabby. Jake Hendricks, the local player, uh, averaging 10 points a game, a little over 10 points a game. Um, and a lot of that is comes from beyond the arc. But beyond that, not a heck of a whole lot from Wyoming. No. No, there's not a lot of whole ball. There's just, I mean, and there's very little ball of me. I was watching the game from them the other night. They don't move the ball. It, 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 it's one-man possessions almost to seem. And defensively, they just, 
I mean, there's times where you see, like, you feel like they're in it mentally, and there's times where you're like, dude, this, this team looks like they don't even want to be there. If you can get a double-digit lead, <laughs> I hate to say that now, if you can get a double-digit lead by halftime, the team might just fold up. I mean, they're 0-9 in the Mountain West Conference for a reason, though, right? They struggle in, in a lot of areas right now, and defense is one of them. I still don't know how they took them to overtime. I don't know how they took UNLV to overtime, man. I don't, that doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, they've uh, they have struggled. Uh, they did. They they took Denver to overtime. They took Louisiana to overtime, and uh, they won those games. But they took UNLV to overtime and lost. UNLV played San Diego State really tough this week. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, by the way, next next Wednesday's showdown matchup uh, against UNLV is going to be a barn burner. They also played Nevada really close on the road. Uh, just lost by one. Uh, now since then, they got blown out by Fresno State. Then they got blown out by San Diego State. So uh, somebody sent us a text the other day. You know, Wyoming's a dangerous team. Watch out for them. They have had some close games in the Mountain West, but they've had a lot of blowouts as well. Lot, yeah. If they've had quite a few blowouts, and now you get, uh, I mean, this this Utah State team, uh, they need to come with you know hair on fire, Mach nine. Um, you want them to come out with a little bit of aggressiveness, a little bit of uh, just energy, you know, come in there and and, and get a fifteen point lead right off the bat. Right. Shut you, this thing down State immediately. Should play aware that they have only had one true road win. Yeah. Yep, and that Wyoming, if you give them confidence, will make it a game the whole entire night. They'll be scrappy. Uh, but uh, I, I, the starting five has been really good for me. I love what Sam Merrill is doing as a late. I think, you know, Namiyash Keta has been is, is finally back to being Namiyash of last year. I, I, we're finally starting to see it. Justin Bean now with a healthy ankle looks really good. Uh, Abel Porter is is I feel like is is doing for the most part a pretty good job. I know he's had some turnover issues, uh, and, and but Brock Miller. It's time to it's time to move on. It's time to make some adjustments there. It's just it's not improving and it's not working and it's getting worse. Am I being too harsh? Well, I would say that if it's if what we've seen the pattern is that if Brock Miller doesn't start to to, to uh, score points early, he's not real effective the rest of the game. He said a lot of the second half, if I remember right, against uh, who did they just beat? Colorado, Colorado State. State. He yeah, said so, enjoy the second half because he couldn't guard I think anybody. He's, he's he's probably still the starter because he's got some experience and you want to experience players in key situations. But if if he's not I'm I'm kind of with you. If he's not going early, then why stick with it? Yeah. You got Anderson. Make a change. You got Berstow, got Brito. Right, make a change you got with either so one of many those guys. guys who can just do so much more right now, offensively and defensively. Who'll be much more of a threat than Brock Miller is on the court at all. Brock's not even on a Brock. Brock standing in the corner wide open is not even a threat to anybody. Nobody's even it, guarding him, man. Well, and if anything, if that helps him refocus, so he comes out to be more of a threat, then it's worth it. If he becomes more dangerous coming off in replacement, thinking that his starting position is on the line. Then it was all worth it, but if it if it's not working, why why keep going with that? So Utah State's on the road against a Wyoming team who averages about sixty points a game, 
and they give up 67. Uh, they, Utah, they don't really rebound the ball particularly well. Utah State, though, is one of the best teams in rebounding. So on averages, Utah State far and away uh, by 50% more. Uh, do more, grab more rebounds than uh, than Wyoming does. So second chance opportunities could be there for USU. Uh, limiting opportunities for Wyoming; those are big parts of this. And uh, Hendricks can he, he shoots a lot of three point shots. If Dude, he, he starts, does. He takes he a high hitting, volume of it. If he starts hitting. It, it could be a little bit longer night than it needs to be. Yeah, yeah. I I I don't see anybody as a real big threat though, man. Anybody's going to be a consistent scorer. If Sam can lock down Hendricks or Breed will lock down Hendricks or whoever it is, that team's in so much trouble because nobody scores in a consistent way. Nobody can take a possession over. No one can take a game over on their team. Not like UNLV. Not like, oh, if I have to, I'll put Boise State in there. Not like San Diego State can. Wyoming doesn't have that guy. And if Hendricks cannot get going... They're done. They are dead in the water. Nobody else can score. Well, Hunter Maldonado. Yeah, but he can't take a game over. Mm. Like, he's tried, and he's forced really bad shots. Really dumb shots. Um, But if, if Hendricks is going, then Maldonado can get going. And, and it, it, it kind of spreads the force just a little bit. But I think that this defense is too good to let that happen. Uh, let's hear what the coach has to say. Yep. Coach Craig Smith sat down with the media. This was actually yesterday afternoon. Um, so if any references to today or tomorrow, just keep that in mind when this was recorded. But uh, a, a little bit of a recap of what happened with Colorado State, but yeah, a lot I, of time previewing Wyoming. Yeah, a lot of good stuff on Wyoming. He talks about what makes them a problem, his team's focus on, on getting ready for Wyoming. And then also a really interesting uh, – I, I think I brought this up yesterday with you, Eric – when Namiya after that big dunk and uh, you know they went to timeout and on the TV screen you see Craig Smith, you know grab Nimi and say, "Hey, finish it." And he talks about having a killer mentality. One player already has that. You can only take one guess who it is, but it, how to develop that killer mentality as a veteran player? All right, here's uh, Coach Craig Smith, his comments uh, with the media yesterday. Well, uh, quick turnaround coming off a g- uh, very good win, great home environment. The other night in Wyoming uh, is coming off their bye week, and so that's always a little bit uh, unnerving because you just, I know how those bye weeks are. The guys get recouped, refreshed, both mentally and physically, and then coaches always like to add a few new things and sometimes change up their personnel a little bit. So we got to expect the unexpected and be ready for anything. And, and they are a team that um, gives you a lot of different looks the way it is. So um, they, they can play big, they can play small. Um, they have a lot of versatility, in particular Maldonado, who you can, they can move him all over the place in terms of what they do, and they do do that. So puts a lot of pressure on you that way. And then their, their big kid, who's um, uh, only a sophomore, uh, Hunter Thompson, he's listed at 6'10", 235, is a guy that can really shoot it. So when he's their five, you know, it's a little bit unorthodox for Mountain West play to have a, a big guy like that that can really stretch you out. So we're going to have to really be on point with our stuff. Um, that way, they're a young team. They're playing um, some new guys. Uh, it looks like they're playing. I feel like they're playing their 
best basketball of the year uh, once they've started playing the marble kid um, a lot more. So, um, uh, and then you add on top of it, it's a it's a difficult place to play in Wyoming. Uh, it's not the easiest place in the world to get to, and and um, so we'll have to play well. We had our uh, first win there since 1962 last year, and uh, reminded we reminded our guys of that um, today. So um, hopefully we can keep our momentum going and play well on uh, Tuesday night. Can I just uh, off the subject of the game for a second? You can ask anything. Kobe Al? Kobe Bryant's death. Oh, your players are all guys who grew up with kind of him. I would imagine it's affected them a heck of a lot, I would imagine, of their development in basketball and what they followed. Yeah, I mean, he's a, a stalwart, certainly in the basketball world, and, and um, um, you know, just kind of a, uh, he's a legendary figure. He's an iconic figure, certainly in the United States, but all over the world. and. And you know, you wake up on a Sunday morning, and normally a lot of a lot of times that's a day off for us. But I, but with the Tuesday game, it wasn't. And um, I know how I felt when you heard the news, and how a lot of people probably felt. And it was just incredibly difficult. Not only the basketball piece, but then you know, there's seven other or seven or eight other people on the helicopter, and his daughter. And you really um, um, you think about a lot of different things, and. And, um, you know, you came into the film room and you could hear the guys talking about it, um, certainly, and nothing specific that I heard, but it's just different things. And you see some of the retweets that certain guys, you know, did. And we talked about it right at the end of practice yesterday, just, you know, a little bit like cherish every day and, and um, enjoy your loved ones and your family and your friends, you know. And you get through the, you get to this point in the season where it's late January and it's kind of get into the dog days a little bit. Um, I hope our dog days are past, but um, but it kind of gives you a perspective of how fortunate you really are with your health, with your family, and cherish your teammates and your, you know, uh, enjoy your time with them and the opportunities that you have. Because sometimes I think you look at certain people as almost invincible, right? And And then it just tells you how precious life is, so to speak, and so how vulnerable it is and how it can go so quickly. And so um, certainly a tough day for a lot of people, but uh, sometimes, unfortunately, it takes something like this to maybe kind of reset what really matters in life and what is just such peripheral things that really has no bearing on anything. And it's just really drama, drama, drama that you can try to eliminate. Uh, so I'm not sure if that's what you were looking for, but yeah, you know, but. I, was just, I was just, you know, I'm just wondering if, if how it affected players, you know, because this would have been like their, he probably he was the hero of a lot of the guys because of where they grew up and the age they're at. Yeah, I, I didn't see it, you know, but I, I do think there was, uh, I didn't see anything, you know, necessarily on the floor, but but I'm sure that has got guys thinking about some things, you know, in your life for sure. Then uh, for okay, now it's game specific. In conference games, Wyoming shooting more than 50% of their shots from three. I mean, that, that, that's, I mean, teams shoot a lot of threes, a lot of teams, but that's way, way over the normal. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they shoot a lot of them, and they, they play a lower possession game. They try to shorten games, generally speaking, um, but they do shoot a lot of threes, and they got guys that can, you know, make them. And obviously, you know, uh, Utah State fans are very familiar with uh, the young man, Jake Hendricks, that, leads them in three-point attempts, and he shoots eight a game. I think he had a game of 
18 or 19 threes attempted in a game, and he's a really, really good shooter, and he flies around, and he makes some plays, including the last game where I think he made four or five against San Diego State, and some very difficult ones. So they put a lot of pressure on you with that stuff because they got the ultimate green light, and like you said, about 50% of them are from the three. They're 55th in the country in three-point field goals attempted. So um, they let it fly, and, and that's where when teams do that, like you got to really be on point with your spacing and where you're at and understand. And we had a little bit of issues with that early in the second half, you know, the other night with um, number 31, you know, Thistlewood, Adam Thistlewood. So um, we just got to be on point with that. And then defensively, they're going to play, you know, they play, they've played a lot of man, but now they've been gearing more and playing a lot more of a matchup zone. And so we just got to be ready for both of those. It's always hard when you deal with younger guys to keep them focused. You look, you look at that 0-9, and, and you know, you, but if you can look at some of the games, I've, I've probably watched three or four of their games just the way it's played out schedule-wise, late at night or whatever, and they've played some teams really close and, and should have won a couple of games. Well, if you're watching them late at night, you're not watching us, Sean. But, uh, no, I'm kidding. We played a lot of Tuesdays. But, um, no, you're right. They've had a – and that's their, their record. And I know every coach says this. Oh, the record is not deserve, you know, misleading what they are, but – you know, they're up seven with less than a minute to go at home against UNLV, and they lose in overtime. And in the Nevada game, they're up one with less than 15 seconds to go, and, and they lose that game, and you know, they go right down the line. And so they're tough-minded. They're a tough-minded group. They're a tough-minded team. Um, that's how coach, coach does a great job with them. And if they're not playing hard or playing tough, they're not playing. <laughs> so you, it's the type of team that you – Generally speaking, you got to beat them to beat them. And so with our guys, you know, like I've said about a thousand times, you get paid to be paranoid. But our guys have had a very good mindset for the last two and a half weeks or so, three weeks, I don't know, since the game at Air Force. I thought we've really had a great mindset. I thought our practices and our preparation have been outstanding. And, and hopefully we can keep trending in the right way. It was fun to see the other night Alfonso Anderson play his best game, and uh, for sure since Christmas. Um, um, you know, Trevin just keeps getting better, and Barstow just keeps getting better, and Diogo is, is starting to play, you know, the way we all know he can play. So uh, we need that because there was a while there our bench was um, definitely lacking some production. Coach, you, uh, after the, during the Colorado State game, I was watching the game. After the media, it's just ferocious dunk. It took a, a timeout. Coming out of the break, you looked at the media and you said, finish it. Can you just talk about the killer mentality it takes? I mean, Sam has it, obviously, but just it takes to be able to be that kind of player to finish off the team. Yeah, that's, that's I think, great teams and great players know how to finish. And, and finish can mean so many things, right? You finish the game. You, you finish the half as a team. Um, you come out in a great start after the, you know, at halftime, or then you got to finish each play, whether that means finishing plays around the basket on the offensive end, or as the shot clock winds down and you drive and kick it, you have an open three, you got to finish that play. Not that you make every shot, finish each possession on the defensive end, right? With a box out and a, and a two handed rebound, or there's a 50 50 ball on the floor and be the first on the floor to get the ball. And so you got to be able to finish possessions, you got to be able to finish plays, you got to be able to finish games. And that's all encompassing, and that's been a very common theme um, for our team, quite frankly, since we've been here. But we certainly had a stretch where we were not finishing a lot of different things. And, um, and so that was, that's been our theme in a monster way here. Um, 
Uh, it always has been, but times 10 um, um, lately because we need to finish things out. And, and Nimi can be a, Nimi is a very good player. Um, but I could say that to Diogo, Brock, I've, I've said it to everybody. It was probably a little more demonstrative to Nimi uh, at that point in time, but you have to finish games. This game could have a really interesting contrast because if, Nimi, if you're playing man to man, Nimi maybe has to follow Thompson outside. But in other terms, they're not real good rebounding and inside, and maybe you can take advantage of Nimi inside in this game against them. Oh, there's no doubt. It's a, it, it could potentially be a real contrast in styles, and that's the beauty of basketball, and that's the beauty of the Mountain West. You know, Air Force is a lot like that, right? And, and Air Force is different than Wyoming, but they are like that. And so you got to, as coaches, you're really, you're really, every time they sub and we sub, you're really, okay, who's hurting us right now? Um, what's the matchup that we like? Do you know what I mean? How are they trying to manipulate the game? How how can we try to manipulate the game? And there's a lot of uh, a lot of games. It's check. I don't want to say it's checkers, but kind of. And in, in, in this type of game, there's uh, it can be a lot more involved with that, depending on how the flow of the game is going. So they do. They put you in a lot of difficult spots, and probably even more so with us. Kind of the way our roster is built, you know. Last year we had, uh, you know, a guy like Quinn Taylor could play a lot of different spots. So you have that this year we don't quite have always that versatility that maybe we had last year. All right, so those are the comments from Coach Craig Smith previewing Wyoming. Interesting stuff in there as well about finishing games, finishing plays, um, comments about Kobe Bryant and uh, uh, thinking about what he meant to basketball community. So, uh, yeah, it's interesting comments there from Coach Craig Smith. Uh, but this is a Wyoming team that, um, while they've struggled to get to find victories, they have played some Mountain West opponents pretty tough. So, uh, and playing at their place, as he said early on in those comments, last year was the first time for Utah State to get a win there since the 60s. Ajay, that blows my mind. Yeah, is that crazy or what? And they not, not not only did they beat him twice last year, but they manhandled him twice last year. Yeah, it and, and by the way, it's what is it like fifty one to thirty nine Wyoming leads this series overall? That's amazing to me. I had no idea that Wyoming had that much of a lead on us in, in, in men's basketball. But the tide has obviously changed now. There's no Larry Nance Jr. there. They're obviously struggling in talent. Utah State's uh, they've, they've brought back a lot of talent, and I think they'll retain most of that talent next year. Um, well, that's not most, but m- some of it. Uh, and so, you know, it is. It's kind of a down kind of a down year for, for Wyoming right now. It was a down year for them last year as well. But that still doesn't make it any easier to go to Wyoming and win. It's still a tough place to play at. I think Coach has said it numerous times. Players have said it too. Going to Wyoming is a tough place to win at. For whatever reason, it is. What extra mile arena is in Boise State, the same thing is in Wyoming, no matter how bad that basketball team is. Yeah, that's right. And this is, you don't want to give a team like that confidence they can play with one of the top teams in the Mountain no, West. No, no, you don't. Absolutely gonna, not. Yeah. Everybody's gunning for Utah State this year for what they did a year ago. They still know that Utah State's a very dangerous team. But again, in saying that, Utah State should go and handle business tonight in emphatic fashion. With the talent they've got on the court versus the Wyoming talent. All right, uh, we're going to take a step aside. Quick timeout here on the Full Court Press. When we come back, some more thoughts about the matchups tonight. 
What do those individual matchups look like for USU versus the Cowboys? Again, the pregame coverage on our sister station, KVNU, begins at 8 o'clock tonight. You can watch the game starting at 9 o'clock on ESPNU. And then when the game is over, turn on your radio again if you're having trouble sleeping. Al Lewis and John Russell will help you through it and uh, recap what happened for you if you nodded off during the game. So we also have the stat that blew our mind and our player of the week coming up uh, right here on the Full Court Press. (laughs) The Aggies, Jazz, High Schools, even the Pee Wee's T-Ball team. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, The Fan. Eric Franson, Andre Salveson. Hey, I gotta ask you really quickly. Are you are you tired of the whole Kobe Bryant thing? No, not yet. Um, you need to. You need to uh, find Shaq's audio. Shaq talks about Kobe because, of course, the Clippers Lakers games canceled tonight, and so they're at the Staples Center in this the empty TNT arena. crew. Yeah, and there's a there's a video on on Twitter of Shaq talking about Kobe Bryant. You need to watch that. So they were going to do a oh. one hour special. It's going on still right now on TNT. Instead of doing a, another game, they were just doing an expanded pregame so they could spend a lot more time talking about Kobe Bryant, his life, his career, his post career, and just their their memories. Um. But yeah, I definitely I've been seeing some of the things going on 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 social media oh, dude. over the last little while here, last thirty minutes or so. I definitely need to go back and watch some of that. Speaking of things we need to go do, um, Logan Jones, who's done some stuff for us here at the Cash Valley Media Group. Oh yeah, doing some color analyst stuff for some of our high school games. Apparently, he wrote a piece about Kobe Bryant and his daughter and about girls basketball. It, it, he's it's published in the L.A. Times today. What? Yeah, I got to go read it. So way to go, Logan, if you're listening. Congratulations. That's awesome. What the heck? Really? That's cool. <laughs> that's that's no small uh, potato either. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> that's not a small publication at all. Good for him. That's great. Congratulations, Logan. That, that's awesome. And But they all do great work, by the way. We we have such a great crew. Daniel Hanson writes great stuff and recaps. Brings you the, it brings you the incredible information, deep information on matchups and previews of games. Uh, I mean, Logan Jones obviously is a talented writer, uh, but he also is a great analyst on, on Beverly Boys basketball. We just have talent all over this place, and, and we're grateful to have it. That's uh, AJ, we've never had such a deep talent pool with what we're doing covering high school sports. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I, I, I don't remember incredible. it and even 10 years ago when we I we had great talent. We we really did. I mean, it. but you come here, and it, uh, now, fast forward to now, and it's just it's even better. It's even deeper. Um, I mean, again, and it goes from high school to Aggies coverage from every bit of it. It's, it's one of the best I've seen in recent memory. It's incredible. It's so. fun. It's great to be a part of it. And, yeah. uh, really I tip my hat to uh, the, the guys that are out there, uh, doing the great work and, and everybody in, uh, behind the scenes as well. We've got a great crew of uh, producers back here at the studio to help keep these guys on the air, make things work. So, uh, it's, it's awesome work when we do appreciate everything that goes into that because it is it's a lot of work 
technical issues happen. Engineers are always on call. But uh, And thank you, Ajay. You stepped in Friday behind the scenes to help make them, some things happen. Yeah. On a last-minute last, uh, last minute notice. So, yeah, appreciate that. That was uh, – no, it was good. Whatever I can do to help out. And, I mean, got to sit down and just listen to high school basketball for a few days. So, that was great, man. Or a few hours. That was that was just fine by me. No problems at all there. Hey, uh, Eric, we, you know, we want to look at the matchups here coming up uh, tonight with, with Utah State-Wyoming. Again, it's a 9 o'clock start. Um what matchup are you most like? I mean, because last week it was easy, right? Last week it was Carvacho versus Keta. And then you had, and by the way, then all of a sudden showed up Thistlewood versus Merrill, which turned out to be a dandy as well, Eric. What matchup, if there are any tonight, that stands out to you with Wyoming and Utah State? Uh, well, I would think it would be Sam Merrill and um, and uh, the, now all of a sudden his name is just Hendricks. Not, Hendricks, thank you. Uh, just because it, who was going to have the better game beyond the arc. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that could be a real difference maker. If if Hendricks gets going, if he's given some space, he's going to put up shots. We know he will. But if he starts connecting on those and starts getting in a bit of a rhythm, um, that's going to open up some other things on the floor for what Wyoming wants to do. So I, I think that really is the matchup for me to pay closest attention to. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think it's Hendricks versus Merrill. And I now... I feel like the shot volume for Hendricks is going to be a sky-high rocket amount based on the lack of talent and help he's got around him. I think overall, without question, Merrill will have the better game numbers-wise, right? Assist, rebounds, def- uh, defensive efficiency, um, PER. I just I think it will all very heavily lean towards Sam Merrill because he's got the talent pull around him unlike Hendricks does. Yeah, I think that another one to watch is is will Brock Miller be able to defend Hunter Maldonado? Um, because I think that's probably the the defensive assignment that he'll get, um, and uh, or it could be Bean. I don't know. It depends on how Wyoming chooses to play him and how Utah State decides to guard him because he's a guy that can really fill up a stat sheet in a lot of different ways. Scoring primarily, he's a primary scorer. But he's also a good rebounder and can share the ball and uh, and distribute. So, if Utah State can get their arms around him, figuratively speaking, uh, and uh, take away some of his passing lanes or where he wants to be on the floor, um, that's going to be important. So, how well does Brock Miller do that? If if that's his assignment, or if it's Justin Bean that draws that assignment at times defensively as well. Yeah, I, I think. Anything inside should be Keta all day. I think they need to go to Keta early and often. I think Keta needs to be getting touches on over half the possessions in this game. There's nobody on Wyoming that can stop Namiya's Keta. Nobody. So you feed that beast as much as you possibly can, as long as he's possibly on the court. I I just and I think he gets a double double. I think he gets it with ease. I think Justin Bean's going to have a big game, Eric. I think Justin Bean's going to be. I mean, look, I mean, teams already have a hard time kind of guarding him or staying with him just basically because he's such a hustle machine. I think that I think that's the thing tonight. I think he has the double-doubles. I think he has a great game. I think Bean and Keta have big, big nights for the Aggies. Yeah, I agree because for those reasons, I don't think Wyoming is built to have anybody that can contend no. with these guys uh, that, that can match them. And so I think Utah State needs to take advantage of that. Feed the post. Let these guys get to work and, and, and do what they do best. Because Wyoming's, they just they won't have an answer. At least they shouldn't have an answer for what Utah State has the ability to do. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I 
And then overall, just def- I think Brito needs to really Brito needs to get back to being Brito himself, right? He had some pretty ugly turnovers against Colorado State. Didn't re- honestly didn't have the overall best game he could have. Chance to be able to get back on track. Chance to be able to work on some things. Chance to build some confidence in himself. I'd like to see Brito have a better game. I don't know if that will happen. I'd like to see him have a better game, though. Uh, and another guy who I'm actually interested to see is Alfonso Anderson. He, uh, he had actually had a decent game against Colorado State. Not stand out. But, I mean, it, it, was, it was a game where just defensively I thought he was so good. Defensively I thought he was great. And his, his work in the post, speaking of post players, his footwork in the post is some of the best I've seen from a college player in a long, 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 long time. Uh, if, if Alfonso can have his way physically in the post, he's going to have a big night. Uh, the other, the player off the bench that I'm going to be interested in watching would be Sean Barstow. Ah, uh, good how one. does he good get one. used? Uh, Coach Smith was very high on him, wanted to give him more minutes, and then he started to get some more minutes, and then I think he was a little reckless in some of the times Yeah, that, that would be a nice way to put it. And so I'm curious to see if that's been corrected, if he's worked on that so that he can be reliable when he is in there uh, and be a reliable backup and bench player. Um, and so that that's... They need that. They really need some reliability coming off the bench. And if Sean Barrasso can be that guy, then with his youth and his physical abilities, I think that provides a lot of uh, excitement for me for what Utah State's going to be facing, especially not just this week, this weekend, yeah. but with the remaining games on the schedule to get them in a position to still make it to the NCAA tournament. Yeah, look, and this all, this all adds up to that big game on Saturday, right? Everything, this whole winning streak, minor winning streak, I should say, is all leading up to Saturday night, 8 p.m. at San Diego State against the undefeated Aztecs. Um, a win in San Diego State combined with a win tonight puts you in the at-large conversation once again. Puts you in the conversation. Doesn't guarantee you anything of such. But puts you back in that conversation. That's what this team really wants. And that's what this team really needs. I think you give this team a second, or this team uh uh, a little bit of confidence going to San Jose State. I think they have a shot. I really do. I think they have a shot to beat them. All right, so Utah State and uh, Wyoming tipping off at 9 o'clock. You can watch it on ESPNU. We'll have pregame coverage on our sister station, KVNU, 610 AM, 102.1 FM, starting at 8 with a full one-hour pregame because it deserves to have a full one-hour pregame. And then once the game is over, they'll be on again to break it down and uh, explain what happened. And, I, this is one of those situations, IJ, where I, I hope that Utah State wins the game. I think they should win the game. But is it wrong for me to hope that an opponent on that other team plays well? No. Just don't let him beat us. Yeah, I, I hope Jake Hendricks has a good game. It's his hometown team. You know he's going to be motivated to get to play well against the Aggies. Um, but I still think Utah State gets to win. I think, and I'm with you. I, how many points do you think Hendricks has? Oh, good question. He scored 20 against San Diego State on the 21st. I think he has 24. I don't, mm, I don't think he'll score much? that much. You don't think he will? No, I think that he'll score above his average because his average is only about 10. But I'm, I would, I'd put it more in the 15 to 18 range. Uh, prediction score-wise for tonight's game? Uh, I'm going to say Utah State 77, Wyoming 61. Pretty much near mine. I had 70, uh, 76.59 is what I had. Uh, and again, I just based on the fact that I feel like Utah State is overall absolutely flat out the better team. And two, 
Coach Smith is not overlooking these guys because he understands how good they are. Uh, yeah, I, I don't see any other way. Any other way. 2197, by the way, he texted in. Says only Keta can stop Keta. He needs to play smart. Amen. No foul trouble. Stay out of foul trouble. Yes. That's that's the one that always scares me the most, Eric. If he can him. use his feet and not just his hands, uh, he's going to stay on the court a long time. I like that. Only Keta can stop Keta. That's abs- I mean, not even Carvacho could stop the guy. All right, coming up next here on the Full Court Press, the stat that blew our minds on our player of the week. It's coming up next, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. The new home for the Full Court Press. Weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Eric France and Andre Salveson. Are you watching that video right now? Uh, Vernon Maxwell shared? Yeah. <laughs> no, I saw it earlier today. Go back to it. Go find it and watch the, watch the first kid in the red oh, shirt. Oh, he like twirls around. <laughs> and... <laughs> Takes a fadeaway Dirk Nowitzki from like 40 feet out and airballs it. So Vernon Maxwell, <laughs> former NBA player, played for the Houston Rockets, most notably. He also played for the Spurs and several other teams. Apparently, he's got some beef with the state of Utah. I don't know where it began, but he has he has said some things over the last year that are very pointed, like very negative against the state of Utah. So, it, so in 94, 95, he played for those back-to-back Rocket Championships teams, and then they lost, like it was, and, and he, they went through Utah both times. And then after like a single playoff loss to Utah, he quit. He quit playing basketball. And so, but he still had this beef with Utah the whole entire time. But, (laughs) sorry, anyways, continue. Well, so uh, apparently a tweet that he pinned, so it's at the top of his Twitter feed, back in 2017, says this. I'd like to apologize, Jazz fans that were offended by my tweets. If I knew you guys had internet in Utah, I would have never made those tweets. (laughs) So immediately after the Jazz lost last night to the Rockets, he tweets this, hottest team in the league, my butt. I shouldn't laugh, but it's so good. So then earlier, I I guess this was late last night or was it early this morning? Uh, It was was late last night. You're right. So then he posts another tweet, says, so here is the reason I'm in Utah. I decided to offer a free clinic to the best young shooters in the state as a truce to try and mend my relationship with Utah fans. Here are the best shooters the state had to offer. <laughs> How long is this clip? It's like 40. It's like. It's four, almost 40 seconds. And yeah, it's 40 I, seconds. There's about like. Just air balls six and Six like or seven bricks. dudes in there checking up shots. Yeah. Nobody. Makes a shot during that whole time. I mean, everybody's taking shots from all over the court. <laughs> the Close up, kid. far away. Who <laughs> does like <laughs> everybody? Everybody bricks them. <laughs> totally airballs these shots. The one kid who takes the first shot, grabs the ball, 
<laughs> twirls in the air, leaps off with two feet, <laughs> lands with one leg, and airballs the shot completely. I mean, horrendously. <laughs> and the best part is, I think one of the kids screamed Kobe. <laughs> <laughs> so, there you have it. Vernon Maxwell, his feud with Utah continues. The replies on this thing are awesome, though. Oh, man. <laughs> Donovan Mitchell replied. This is what Donovan Mitchell had to say. He replied earlier today. He says, IDK, as in, I don't know. I don't know you, OG, but I promise you the point of a free clinic, in quotations, or any clinic at all is to inspire and teach. But yeah, please, let's make fun on young dudes trying hoop because it's <laughs> easier to make fun rather than to teach. Do your job and teach. Shake my head. I. Uh, one guy replies, I'm going to go to Utah and get in a pickup game and lay some money down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, jeez. It, it's just so funny. I uh, Don't you miss the good old rivalry days? Like, Bulls hated the Knicks. Spurs and Jazz hate each other. Portland and Jazz hate each other. Is there rocks and jazz? Is there any quote unquote villain in the NBA besides Draymond Green right now? No. Well, you know, Marquis. Because there used to be a series of villains. Marquis Chris. Guys that like to play the heel. Oh, so like an overall NBA villain is what you're asking. Yeah. Because I was going to say Marquis Chris, but I think only a few teams hate him. Uh, Pat Beverly. Enos Cantor would be on that list. Hmm. Yep, Enos Cantor. Yeah, he doesn't mind trolling. There opponents. is not. Yeah, there's, there's, there's quite a few people. You're not a big fan of him. Uh, who did you mention? Patrick Beverly. Yes. Oh, yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, and then I think Kevin Durant is kind of in that. He wants people to think that he. That's how they think. of I him. I think he tries, but he doesn't. It's not I don't there, think people man. Really think of him that. It's thing. like John Cena in WWE. Like he tries to be a heel. Or he tries to be good, and people just, I mean, they take it one way no matter what. Uh, I think this is the case in that regard. I He tries, but I don't think people see him as it. They just, I mean, they like to make fun of him for it because they think it's hilarious. Uh, and then he, even Jeff Teague. Jeff Teague is that guy. LeBron James used to be that guy, by the way. In Miami, he was definitely that guy. Everybody hated him. Yeah. Everybody in the league hated that guy's guts. Because he was such an arrogant moron. I mean, he was a punk, man. Couldn't keep his mouth shut, mocking people, turning to this fifth grader all of a sudden, and just, like, it just never got out of that maturity stage until finally he left Miami, and then all of a sudden he turned into a grow-up. It was crazy. It was just weird how it worked out. The exploits of one Vernon Maxwell on Twitter. (laughs) Oh, man, that was so good. Holy cow. All right, Ajay, let's get to our stat that blew our minds. Yes, absolutely. Do you want me to start first or do you want to go first? Um, I'll start. That's okay, go fine. Ahead. Uh, mine's related to what's coming up this week, actually. The Super Bowl coming up on Sunday. But here's something about one of those teams. The 49ers, they have an NFL-high 57 sacks this season, which includes the playoffs. They are the seventh team in the last 15 seasons to enter a Super Bowl with more than 55 sacks. The previous six, they all won. Really? Ooh. That's good. Bodes well for the 49ers. Okay, so the Kings last night, they trailed the Timberwolves by 17 with 249 left in the fourth last night, right? 
Since 1996-97, the first year of play-by-play data, NBA teams entered yesterday, according to ESPN Stats and Info, O of 8,378 when trailing by 17 or more in the final three minutes of the fourth quarter overtime. The Kings won in overtime, 133-129. I watched the highlights of that. I that was unreal. Buddy Hill just went <laughs> off. Good for him, dude. He's had a, you know, he's been, it's been so roller coaster for him. He's had good games. He's definitely had bad games. They bring someone back. He gets knocked. Uh, they bring him uh, Bogdanovich. He gets knocked back into the bench, comes and has a great game late, and, and then, yeah, they end up winning 133-129 in overtime. That's good for him, dude. Honestly, I, that's awesome. That's awesome. Who's All your right. player of the week? Player of the week. For me, I'm going to the X Games uh, for oh. giving my player of the week award to one Jamie Anderson. Uh, she won the gold in the Jeep Women's Snowboard Slope Style Final. And now she has won the most slope style golds in ski or snowboard, male or female, in X Games history. What? So that beat Sean White then, right? Yes. Now this is just, she's got quite the trophy case. She won the gold medal in 2014 in the Sochi Winter Games when uh, they debuted snowboard slope style. She won the gold medal there. She won it again in the 2018 Pyeongchang Olympics in South Korea. She also won a silver medal in the Big Air event that year. But here's what's interesting. She got her first snowboard uh, when she was only nine years old. And at 15 years old, took home the bronze medal at the Winter X Games. She's a true natural at the sport. And uh, what she did this last weekend at the uh, the X Games puts her as my player of the week. That's a good one. Good call. My player of the week is from uh, Kentucky. Number 15, Kentucky over 18, Texas Tech 76-74 in overtime. Nick Richards, Eric, had 25 points, 14 rebounds, and four blocks. In that win over Texas Tech. Wow. That is a stat. He finished 7-10 from the field, 11-14 from the charity stripe, and it had the guy clinching two points after he was fouled uh, on a uh, kind of an awkward shot uh, from E.J. Montgomery uh, to seal the game uh, for, for UK. 76-74 is the final score. Again, 20... That, that's incredible. 25 points, 14 boards, and four blocks. Uh, Texas Tech, from being in the championship game a year ago, has, is completely out of the top 25 right now. Are they out? I mean, really? Yes. Wow. Interesting. All right, uh, coming up next, some final thoughts before we hand it off. And a last reminder about the Utah State Aggies when they play Wyoming, how you can follow along and get yourself ready for a late night in Laramie. Coming up next. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric Franson, Ajay Salveson on a Tuesday well, it's going to be a late night in Laramie. Utah State's taking on the Cowboys at 9 o'clock tonight. Pre-game coverage on our sister station, KVNU, 6.10 a.m., 102.1 FM. We'll start at 8 o'clock tonight. Be a full one hour. Al Lewis and Jalen Moore uh, starting at 8. And then as soon as the game is over, you can watch it on ESPNU. And then as soon as it's over, they'll break it down again to see what happened. 
Uh, only one game nationally televised in the NBA tonight. There was supposed to be a doubleheader. The Lakers and Clippers game has been postponed. Uh, TNT has been doing a full hour special. From what I've it's heard, getting it's, rave it's pretty reviews. good. Yeah, I'm hearing it's really, really good. Rave reviews. <laughs> so uh, hopefully I've got it recorded somewhere. <laughs> Go back and find it. Um, but uh, then the uh, there's a, a game on TNT tonight. It'll be between the Celtics and the Heat. That should be a really good game. It'll be in Miami. And, uh, of course, a lot of things going on in Miami this week as everybody's preparing for the Super Bowl. Yep. yep. Kansas City and San Francisco. And we'll continue to take a little bit deeper dive on those matchups over the next couple of days. And uh, love to get your predictions for, as well. Hopefully we'll have an interview uh, from a San Francisco perspective, Kansas City, and national perspective. We're working on that right now as we speak. And hopefully we'll have something together for you guys uh, by Thursday. That would be nice. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool, wouldn't it? That would be good. So anyway, stay tuned for that. And uh, by the way, if you want to share your predictions for the Super Bowl, we'll, we'll take those at any time. Oh, yeah. Text in. We'd love to compile what those predictions are. So text us in what your prediction is for Sunday's big game, 435-339-0321. 435-339-0321. Who's going to win the Super Bowl? I'm kind of interested to hear what your prediction is going to be on Friday. I, I can't wait for that, just after all the research and such, and what our pick six is going to look like, too. Oh, I Ooh. still owe you. Ooh, Yeah, you do. Oh, fetch. That's right. Don't forget that. Fetch. Even though I forgot for like a week and a half. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to do it for us. Have a great night, everybody.